Right, Brother, if you will turn back to John 19. I forgot to warn you last hour, we're going to turn quite a bit, so I'll try to be brief. I want us to look at the scripture. John 19. We'll look at verse 28. John 19, 28. <clears throat> and this, after this, <clears throat> Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now, there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. What is finished? I'm going to take a thimble out of the ocean. I can't. I ain't gonna scratch the surface, but it's my job to give it all I've got. What's finished? We 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 don't just marvel at what the Savior's done. We preach Christ and Him crucified, and this is good news. But we don't marvel at just what was that something was finished. We marvel at the one that finished the work. You get that? That ain't splitting hairs. This is vital eternally vital we don't just marvel at what was done we marvel at the one that did it I was, people were just amazed that i was able to preach and they said I, I, can't, I can't believe it that's in the old testament i said don't marvel that i can preach <laughs> marvel at the one that's being preached don't marvel at the function marvel at the one that's performing this marvel at the one that's revealed in the scripture i don't matter <laughs> thankfully someday somebody's gonna forget my name I'll be just some old preacher's forgotten. That's good. I want you to remember him. What did he finish? Well, this earth is cursed. If you ever, if you ever go try to grow something, uh, thorns and thistles come up. I don't walk around in Southern California barefoot. <laughs> I, just, I didn't walk around Florida barefoot either. I did one time and I learned my lesson. Thorns and thistles all inside of my feet. This earth is cursed. Everybody's wanting to reform it, make it better. And we ought to take good care of it. We shouldn't go dump nuclear waste in the ocean. We ought to have a little bit of common sense. But this, but this earth is for our using, and it's cursed, though. It's cursed. Look back in Genesis 3. I guess to see what's finished, we need to see what needs done. <laughs> Some work that needs done. Genesis 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. That's a couple different things that's good, isn't it? She thought. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. He did eat. Eve was beguiled. She was tricked. We need to get this. Adam wouldn't. That first Adam willingly ate of the fruit of that tree. That's important too. You know why? That second Adam willingly became sin for us. Who knew no sin? And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. 
and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. First thing that happened, backpedaling, covering a sin. You did wrong. Oh, it's somebody else's fault. <laughs> Why'd you do that, Adam? That's that woman you gave me. She come from your side, didn't she? That's the first thing we do. That's, oh, Brother Mahan said that one time. It takes a, it's a work of God, but it takes a very peculiar person for, like David. Nathan came to David and said, you're the man. And David took it on the chin. So that's right. I'm the man. I thought that takes a very, the Lord has to do that to show us it's us, not somebody else. It's me. I'm the problem. It also takes the Lord to give Nathan the strength to go to a king and say, you're the problem. <laughs> you're the man. It takes both. That's the Lord's work. But they covered themselves, blamed on somebody else. Look down verse 17. The Lord spoke to him. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Cursed is the ground. This earth is cursed. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground. How long are you going to have to work out hard to get food? Until you die. You go back to that cursed earth. For out of it thou wast taken, and for dust thou art, until dust thou shalt return. This, this, this earth is cursed. This air above us is cursed. And it ain't, it's caused a sin. <laughs> you, know what, you know why this, I saw pictures of me from four years ago. We got here four years today, uh, December 31st, four years ago. And I saw a picture of me. It, it's like in President's. I got gray-headed. <laughs> you ain't got much gray. Well, look at four years ago. Uh, I got some wrinkles. Why? Sin. Why is your body breaking down? Sin. Why, why does that brand new black top driveway out there? Landlords paid a whole lot of money for that. And I looked yesterday, I said, look at that black top. Well, it's just tore up, isn't it? Sin. This earth is cursed. So what's going to have to be finished? Well, we're going to have to have a new one. This one ain't, it's just fit for burning, isn't it? Turn over to Revelation 21. It was way back in Genesis, now it's turned way ahead into Revelation 21. Look here in verse 1. Revelation 21, verse 1. John writing here, and he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. New ones. First heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That, that cursed earth and that pain that we have and the tears that we have and all this trouble and trials and tribulation and the sea of torment and us being unstable as water, just like Reuben, that's put away. There's a new one, a new one. It says in verse 5, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, 
for these words are true and faithful. You write this down. And he said unto me, it's done. It's finished. All right? I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Freely. This is all done. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to come down. That's where God's going to dwell with his people. And he says, it's done. This is finished. This is finished. Is that so? I wrote down red letter Bible. I don't know if some people have red letter Bibles. I do. I use one. It helps me quite a bit. I'd recommend you get you one. And I know some people don't like them because every word in here is the word of God, isn't it? It's his word. But I need all the help I can get. Somebody made fun of me one time. I got tabs on my Bible. And they said, that's cheating. And I said, I know how to use a, a muzzle loader. But if I go to war, I'm going to take an M16. It shoots a whole lot quicker. I might be at war and have to say, look here what the book says. That's what it says, isn't it? Look there. That's what it says. I'm going to have to get there quick. Let's see if that's so. It says, behold, that's all in red. I make no things. That's the one that's set on the throne. That's Christ speaking. He's on his throne, making this new heaven and this new earth for us that we can dwell in it. Is that so? Look back at John 14. Is that a work that he finished? Is it done? John 14, verse 1. This is comforting. We're troubled so much, ain't we? Troubled about many things. He says in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place. We've got to be somewhere. <laughs> I go to prepare a place for you. For you, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This new heaven and this new earth, it's finished. And what is that? Remember us looking at that in John 14? He goes, I'll go prepare a place. What's that place he prepared? A place of reconciliation. Because this, this, this former things ain't worth nothing. We ain't going to make us a better place. It's got to be done away with. It's got to burn. And even the elements. And he went to go make a new place. And in that place is reconciliation. There's atonement. There's atonement. There's going to be a people that had sinned against the holy God, and they can be there with him. He's going to dwell among them. You know, this is about where he is. Everybody wants to go to heaven. <laughs> Not too many people know that heaven's a person. I want to tell them. Don't you want to tell them? I go to prepare a place. That work's finished. What do you have to prepare? Do you have to get yourself right for heaven? Do you have to go get you a hammer and try to build heaven, a new heaven and a new earth? No, it's done. He bought it. He said, I've done it. It's done. There's a place. There's a place. We don't have to do it. It's finished, he said. The old Greek writer said, Say an ocean of thought and a thimble of words. Now, that's something we can marvel at. Greek people, huh? Let's marvel at God. He said it's finished. Can we exhaust that? It's done. It's done. What? And the, well, we're going to have to have a new heaven, new earth. Just going to make you list all things that's going to have to change. It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's finished. Second, first thing it's finished, new heaven, new earth. Second, well, in that new heaven, and new earth, it's going to be some people. Ain't that right? This is real important. Stay with me now, okay? Physically, we were not created. 
Did you know that? You were not created physically. Adam was. Adam was created. Lord took him out of the dirt, didn't he? We came from Adam. We're his offspring. We got his DNA. That's important. Why? We're a product of our seminal head. We're just like him. And we're fools to think when we ain't. I thought about this this morning. On a, just, I'm going to apply, apply this to me. You can apply it to you if you, if you receive it. On a scale to 1 to 10, 0 being nothing and 10 being 100%, what's the likelihood that you could be wrong? <laughs> just in any situation, what's the likelihood you could be wrong? What's the likelihood I could be wrong? What's the likelihood the problem's with me? Hmm? I'm just like my daddy Adam, and so is everybody around me. That's why Christ was born of a virgin. Biologically, I can go. I got kicked out of biology class in college for that because of mitochondrial DNA that's only passed down. They trace back to one woman. They said, "Why do you think there's mitochondrial DNA?" I said, "That way Christ can be fully man and fully God." Ha! It proves it. That's, my eyes were red with His blood, and my teeth saying white things with milk. Getting that's Him. I said, "You quit talking like that. We'll kick you out of here." We're not, we were not created, Adam was created. We're his offspring of the first Adam. And we have to be born again by that second Adam. We have to be his offspring if we're going to have life. We're housed. That new life is housed in this body of death that's sin and dying and turning gray and getting wrinkles and falling apart. But we have a new creation in us. Just as he created that new heaven and new earth, there's new life in us. That's what Paul wrote there in 2 Corinthians. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We're, we're, there's something new life that wasn't there it's new old things are passed away behold all things have become new if the Lord would give us life it's new I want to read this to you it's just too good this is encouragement to me here's what brother Henry wrote I'll tell you who wrote it ahead of time but we can hear it in his voice he said we see tr so little true commitment and so much indifference and so few dedicated people in today's religious world that we may be prone to accept this attitude as normal. But it's not so. David wrote in Psalm 147, he said, He sendeth out his word and melted them. Paul said in Romans 8, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded. If we have that new creation in us, that's life and peace. And peace. And not tore up over every little thing. And peace. Are we going to grieve? Yeah. You're going to be real sad and cry? Mm-hmm. You're going to shave your head and wrench your clothes? Of course you will. There's going to be peace. Peace. That's spiritually minded. Whenever that happens, if the Lord comes to somebody in grace unto a person and the very life of Christ is formed in him, unbelief's driven out by God-given faith. Indifference departs at the revelation of the glory of Christ. People say, well, I mean, that's nice. I like it down there. Not if God's worked in your heart. You'll have to have it. You won't be indifferent. Ignorance vanishes as Christ is revealed in his work of redemption as the just and justifier. Self-pride disappears. Self-righteousness ain't got a claim of anything because we see his obedience. It would be impossible for a true child of God, of his great invincible grace, to be indifferent or uncommitted after the melting of his word and the revelation of his love. It's impossible. It's impossible. Well, that's just the way it is these days. No, it ain't. God don't change. And them sons of Jacob don't change it. We're a product of Adam. I know I'm a sinner. And if he's worked in me, I'm going to praise him and I'm going to give it all I got because there's a new creation. It's brand new. It ain't like that old stuff. That's what, oh, that's what we've always done. Well, quit doing it that way. <laughs> Bow to God. That's something new. 
Submit to the Lamb, that line of the tribe of Judah, and serve him. I want to. I want to. And there's a, there's a creation in me that does, that, that just be against all odds, like any logic at all, swings for the fences and gives it all I got every chance I get. And then I'm exhausted after, and I think, I ain't never doing that again. <laughs> and it comes back. Well, that happens all over, too. That's consistent. Through Jeremiah and uh, all them prophets old, and then my friend up north there says, I quit three times last week. <laughs> there's a new man in us. This body of death still there, but there's a new man in us. That's a new creation. Paul said, to whom God would make known what are the riches of the glory of his mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. What is that creation? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. There's a new heaven and a new earth, and there's a new creation that's in us, and that's finished. That's done. It can't be undone. We can't stop it. We can't make it go away. That Nicodemus came to him. He was, he knew a lot, didn't he? He was probably the Sadducees and way up high and, Religious fellow, and he came to Jesus by night he didn't want nobody knowing him. And he said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. He said, we. He didn't say I. That goes back to the problem. This is individual. Did God send me here? Now let's back up. Am I, do I preach the gospel, and did God send me to you? I don't care about anybody. I don't care about California. I don't care about, I want, I would all men be saved. But I need to ask that. Is that my watchman? <laughs> my pastor told me some stuff. Do I believe God? And is that sitting him? Is that him speaking the truth to me? If it is, it's Christ in you. It ain't, there ain't nothing. Paul said, though, I preach the gospel. I have nothing to glory in. Necessity's laid on me. I have to. I can't keep from it. And I must tell the truth. Nicodemus told the truth. He said, we don't. We think you're the son of God. He didn't say I. It wasn't individual. Just like that sin. Well, mankind sinners, I'm the problem, it's me. I. You get that? And the Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot sing the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus tried to use manly reason. What, what, I have to go into my mother's womb again? What are you talking about? I have to do the work, Nicodemus, not you. I've got to. You can't. You're with that old stuff, that old creation, that old heaven, that old earth, right? You can't do it. i got to do it. Look here in John 12. Back a few pages if you're still there. John 12, verse 23. This had to happen. <clears throat> John 12, 23. And Jesus answering them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. The Lord loved us and gave his life for us. You see that? That hit me like it was. I've never seen it in my life yesterday morning. That's brand new. I love my life. I'm like, I'll give a kidney. <laughs> I don't... Be hard pressed to give both. <laughs> he gave his life for us so we would have life, so we would be that new creation. Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. We have to be his offspring by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. 
Do we make a new heaven and a new earth? Do we clean this one up? No, that's ridiculous. It's finished. Lord did that. Do we make a new creation in ourselves? Can you make a new creation in somebody else? No, that's ridiculous. It's finished. It's finished. What's that new creation like? Turn over to Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> People get mad over stuff just out of context. Don't know what it, a guy was real angry years ago, about 10 years ago. He said, you believe in predestination? I said, I sure do. <laughs> Don't you? He said, no. He said, I know it's in the Bible somewhere. I said, it is. Do you even know what it means? And he said, well, I think. And I said, why are you mad about something you don't even know about? <laughs> so I came atheists. They're awful mad at somebody they say they don't believe in. In Romans 8, we read, For whom he did foreknow, the ones that the Lord loved, he also did predestinate to be. What's that destination? Conform to the image of his son. Do you want to be made like Christ? That's what predestination is. That new creation? You want to have a new creation in you? You want to have life? I hope I have the comfort to preach to everybody I have, interact with everyone I had, can interact with as if they're a child of God. And I hope I have the boldness to preach to everybody like they're lost and they need Christ. Because we do. <laughs> I need him every hour. Right? I want to be made like him. That's what that new creation's like. Just like him. Do you want to know what he's like? Ephesians 1, here's what he did. This is where it all's all wrapped up. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in one place, Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. He made a son of God by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. How? In the beloved. In whom? We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the richness, riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, which are both in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have attained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. That's all the stuff that took place in him. And this new heaven and new earth and this new creation, he's all done, and it's all finished, and the Lord in wisdom abounds towards us in the Holy Ghost and teaches us these things. And he says, in whom you've also trusted. The Father trusted Christ to go do it. We trust in the same one. You've trusted in him. After, after that you heard the word of truth, you didn't trust in him before you heard the preaching. You trusted him after you heard the preaching. You didn't know God back then underneath the lie. You knew him after you heard, you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. The good news of that person. In whom? What's our gospel? In whom? In a person. Also after you believed. 
you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The Lord is going to be glorified in all this. And we have this new creation in us that's Christ that dwells in us. And, and he's abound towards us and taught us a little bit. And we're little children, but we know some things. And he's done that. And that's just the earnest. That's the down payment until we enter that new creation, that new heaven and that new earth, until we see him face to face. Isn't that kind? People say, well, the Lord saved somebody. You don't ever have to hear the preaching. And they'll just wake up one day and be in glory. This is kinder. <laughs> I think so. Is it living to yourself? That's also what the word says. They shall be taught of God. That's, that's generous, isn't it? New heaven and new earth in God's presence. That's where he's going to dwell. A new creation that's fit to be in his presence. That cannot sin. There's no Adam was morally innocent. He had the, the potential to sin, and he did. The Lord sustained him until he took his hand off of it. That new creation in us, just like Christ, it can't sin. And I'm tickled to death about that. Ain't you? You ever think about it? You ever just sit around the house sometimes? Like, what's it going to be like not have sin? We have to invent words to even describe what that would be like. And then words would probably be sinful. Well, they would be, be for us, wouldn't it? That new creation is just like Christ. Where is that new creation? Turn over Ephesians 2 there in verse 4, which is on the same page. <clears throat> is, is that new creation, that new life that we're born again, is that in us? Yes. And right now, is that new creation with Christ in glory on his throne? Yes. How? How can I be here and be there with him at the same time? Worldly, Heathens and heretics, when you ask preachers questions, the worst thing they can say is, I don't know. They don't do that. They come up with something. They're like politicians, and they talk around things, right? I say, I don't know. <laughs> I heard faithful men of God say, he says I'm, he's in me right now, and he is. And he says I'm with him right now in glory, and that's true. How could it be both? I don't know, but he said it, and it's so. I'll figure it out later if he's pleased to teach me. When I'm with him, I'll tell you all about it. Look here in Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. He's made us alive with him. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together. After that finished work, how do we know it's finished? He's on his throne in glory. We have an empty tomb. That, that propitiation was accepted by the Father. He was risen. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Oh, Brother Greg said that one time. He said, we're going to wake up in glory and realize we've been there the whole time. Now, what am I worried about tomorrow for? <laughs> I'm already there. And he gave me inheritance to know it. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kind, his kindness towards us through Christ. Throughout all eternity, we're going to be learning. I guess it's just, it just gets more amazing every day. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This ain't our doing. He's the one that finished it. It's done. Now we have to wait for some things to happen. We have to wait for some things to come to pass. The work's done. And I can't mess it up. I can't. 
How was it that all that happened? Verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in them. There's a, there's a new creation in us, created, that walks upright before God, that serves him, that forgives, that's merciful, that's wise, that trusts him when there's no unbelief in God ordained it, and it's finished. It's done. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 12. Hebrews 10, verse 12. He did that by giving himself when he finished it. That hour he was coming to when he was forsaken of God for us. Because God was for us, he was against Christ. Hebrews 10, verse 12. But this man... After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Work's done. It's finished. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. To that prey we looked at last hour, being his hand. Death's the last one, right? Well, he's just expecting. That's hope. That's an expected end. He's just waiting for the fullness of time. He's just waiting. Henceforth, this is all language so we can understand it. <laughs> Time's not a thing to the Lord, but he's putting this so we can understand it. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Now, where the remission of these is, there's no more offerings for sin. I don't have this wrote down, but i got to touch on it. To, to, tell, to believe everything we believe, and to, to, to be aligned with the doctrines of grace, plural, and then say, so we all we believe all those things. Now, now you... Now we gotta we gotta grow. No, we got some some things to do. We got we gotta be baptized or, or sanctify yourself or something. Like that. You're adding to the work that's already finished, and that's heretical. And if, and if that's the case, then Christ died in vain. Is what Paul said. I don't know any other way, strong way to put it than what what's been put. I don't know what more to say than what's been said. It's finished. Where the remission of sin is, there's no more offering for sin. He offered himself once, and he said, "I know it. I believe it." From top to bottom, because he said it, it's finished. It's finished. You are free. You don't do nothing. You have liberty. Now, with that liberty, what are we going to do? Get after it. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to serve him. <laughs> I want to thank him, and I want to tell somebody else about it. That fullness of time's coming to pass. we got to go home. That's what I want to do. Paul said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. What will we do till then? Twiddle our thumbs? We go set up on a cave somewhere and say, well, Lord, save me. Oh, how lucky I am. And just hide and don't ever talk to nobody. We give a commission. We, we, not just me. I happen to be the mouthpiece. Uh, Paul said, we preach Christ and him crucified. Collectively. The Lord commanded us. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What about them heathens? Does that mean dogs? No. Go to them ones that we despise and we think they ain't no way, ain't no sense me going down there. Go preach to them too. Let 
I want I want that new creation in me and Christ in me to come out and not nothing else. Get rid of get me out the way. I don't want to have any interaction with anybody that at the end of it and they say, all right, now we've had this interaction. If whether it's a guy checking receipts at Costco or somebody at the grocery store or whatever, gas station, or my neighbor. Now, we've had an interaction. Now come here, Christ glorified. <laughs> Going down there with you. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I've done it before and I don't want to do it again. God keep you from it. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall damn. What are we going to preach? It's finished. You got to do nothing. It's done. Christ did it all, and he gets all the glory for it. He gets all the glory for it. We need that. That's part of the preaching. Behold your God. So I said before, it ain't all cake, ice cream, and dessert, is it? Look, look what the Lord did. This is amazing, isn't it? We need that because all flesh is grass. We got to warn somebody. Turn back to Isaiah 40, and I'll let you go. Isaiah 40. Verse 6. And the voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. That's this old creation, the heavens, the earth. The stuff above you and the stuff below you and the stuff in you ain't worth nothing. It's grass. Worthy to be burned. Verse 9. O Zion, that bringest good tidings. That's good news. What's good tidings? That's the gospel. Get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift up. Be not afraid. And say unto the cities of Judah. Remember what Judah was? Praise. We looked at last hour. Behold your God. You're grass. You can't do nothing. It's finished. Behold your God. That's the person and the work of him. Look at him. Be, be, be in awe of him. Behold him. Take time with it. And don't let it get old hat. Admire him. I pray he'd make us do that. Just like Judah. <laughs> Make us bow to him, praise him, and that settler won't depart from us, even though we think he's hid his face from us and it has to be gone. He'd remind us it's finished. It's done. It can't be undone. That's good news. All right. Brother Mike.